Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hold on, real quick, for folks yeah. that can't see it right now, that on the on the stream, Gary joins and within the first second or two, just shaking his head right away at Elijah's suggestion. I would just like to say, I mean, let you tell you something. Compared to everybody else in the Big Ten, Nebraska has more history with schools like yeah. USC, UCLA, Washington, maybe not Oregon, but you can throw Oregon in there as well. I think that in terms of the helmet matchups you'd get, throw Nebraska in a West Coast division, the travel would suck, and I'm not sure Husker fans would love it, but. It's about TV ratings at the end of the day, and I think Nebraska makes sense from that perspective. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just the the guy shouting at the clouds here, but I think it'd yeah. be fun. Yeah, I mean we don't coast, right? That's that's. <laughs> I promise that's there's no whiskey in my coffee this morning. I promise. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Huh. Fair enough. Fair enough. So divisions wise, Gary, um, that's what we're talking about. Is you know the super the super leagues. Get together. Now we break into divisions. Who's in Nebraska's division? And are we going three eight teamers? Or are we going four six teamers? Four six teamers. I think you got to go four six teamers. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the when the SEC and the Big Ten are together and they've merged because it's all about generating revenue for their schools, uh, I think you have to go four uh, six team divisions. I think that'd be the way to go. I think you go three eight-teamers just to make it really weird when it comes like championship time. And people are like, well, which one? Which division? I think it'll be a lot of fun. Just a, thought. a three-team Big Ten playoff. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just why not? G- Gary, you're muted. We lost Gary. We all love the game of college football. But God dang, we do a terrible job in the offseason with college football. Yeah? How so? What do you mean? What you I mean? Is this fun? Talking about the <laughs> division expansion. Expansion. We 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 like twelve. Now you know this, Mark, because you've been told this before in your business in your personal life. Bigger is not always better. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes when you get to twelve, why do you got to expand to fourteen? I mean, I know where we're going here. Yeah. The, the SEC and the Big Ten again. They want to generate as much revenue for their schools as possible, and they're going to find every avenue to do that. I mean, you can't blame them because that's at the end of the day, that's what they're in for. Mm-hmm. But there's some point where and, and, and Brandon and I have talked about this on my show. There's some point where the college football fan says enough is enough. Even if we get these great matchups and the two best leagues that have the two, uh, the, the teams that have the most money. At some point, we say enough is enough. And then the bottom falls out. But as long as the TV companies are on board with it and they're like, oh, yeah, Big Ten, SEC, I want more and more. The rest of college football is screwed, in my opinion. At some point, you jump the shark. You, you get 
you, you at some point you screw it up, you keep tweaking. You need to let it rest and and just let it play out. Vogues, you're uh, awesome for giving us some overtime. What's coming up with Counter Reed? I love your uh, your story on who's the guy uh, with when it comes to Nebraska football in reference to you know the next draft pick. Well played. Tell folks how to subscribe and what you do with Counter Reed. Yeah, you can find us at counterread.com and sign up there. There's a free subscription option or a paid subscription option. Uh, paid subscribers get two, two exclusive newsletters a week. Uh, that's for myself and Aaron Sorensen. And after asking the question, um, <laughs> and thank you guys for jumping in the discussion uh, of who's the guy, probably got to answer that next week. So <laughs> do that. And uh, I think uh, I think we'll probably dip back in with, with basketball a little bit later in the week. No, that'll be fun. Vogue's have a good weekend. All right, bud. All right. Thanks, guys. There he is. All right. Brandon Vogel with this counter read. Sharpie, it was awesome to see you last Sunday, man, uh, in front of uh, uh, Nebraska as uh, they got rolling and uh, put another well, kind of a ho-hum butt kicking together. And then you and I were both just kind of looking at each other going, you know, Ohio State isn't going to be a lot of fun this week. And it ended up not being. But things still look pretty bright for Husker basketball. Yeah, you know what? There's actually, uh, I think Lenardi moved Nebraska up. Yeah, to an eight seed. Yeah, you know, as long as uh, if 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 Nebraska is an eight and nine, they're not coming to Omaha. Uh, they'd have to be a seven. You know, they have to be in that seven, seven ten, ten game. Um, you know what? Thursday night didn't surprise me. Ohio State mm-hmm. is playing with a sense of desperation. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nebraska was due for one of those games where everything didn't come together in this four game stretch in which they had won. You know, you're just hoping that you could find a way at the end to win. And you battled some things that were out of your control, but um, it's not like it dinged them. You know, I think Ohio State's, they've got a new life to them, and all of a sudden they're thinking, man, how can we get ourselves into the conversation? we got to beat Nebraska. And kudos to them. They played really well. It wasn't something that we went, "Uh uh-oh, Nebraska's in trouble, because tomorrow it'll be 70 degrees, the building will be packed, it'll be senior day. Is Nebraska really losing in the last home game for Tominaga? I don't think so. I mean, I... Worst fear in case scenario for maybe many, many scarred Nebraska basketball fans. Yeah, they're sweating a little bit just because this team's. Or that's what you do as a Nebraska basketball fan. Yeah, the team terrorizes you, unfortunately. But no, they're going to be, people are going to be throwing beers in the rail yard. Then they're going to get the PBA and it's going to be ruckus. It'll be good. And you owe Rutgers, quite honestly. You should have pounded him the first time. Went to overtime. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think here, here's the thing, though, about Nebraska, and, and I've said for a while they're in the tournament. They can only play themselves out. I don't think the Big Ten tournament and what Nebraska does has much bearing on their seed in the NCAA tournament two weeks from tomorrow. So they have two games to take care of business and just leave that kind of lasting impression. Now, nobody, nobody wants Nebraska to go one and done in Minneapolis, but mm-hmm. we have seen the committee, unless you are one of those teams that makes a run and like a Penn State, they really don't put a lot of stock into the, your conference tournament. So you have two opportunities to say, hey, this is who we are. And I think Nebraska's resume is solid enough that they're looking they're, – they, they feel like an eight or nine seed right now. Well, without going conspiracy theory with what happened on Thursday night, a team that could have a lot of implications in the Big Ten tournament could be Ohio State, right, with how hot they've been at the yeah. end of the year? Yeah, and they would be one of those teams that the committee looks at and goes, okay, but I think Ohio State would have to be a team that would have to win the tournament mm-hmm. to get in. Um, but you know, I mean, Ohio state, Ohio state is, they've got good talent. They finally have, they finally, their talent has matched the level of their play and their talent have matched. 
And whatever the disconnect was between Holtman and his roster, you know, Gene Smith said, man, we got to make a hard decision. And it looks like Jake Diebler as the interim, they're playing a lot more guys off the bench. They have a lot more energy and they're winning. I mean, when you're not winning and you're at a place like Ohio State that's been used to winning, man, that's tough to go to work every day. And so they got the spark that they wanted. I'll be curious to see how they do here to finish up. But you know what? They played well the other night. I mean, it's not like Nebraska played poorly. There were stretches where they just disappeared. That was just a game of a, a team in late February with desperation. And, you know, you, you weren't able to match, you know, certain elements of that. It's kind of like what Minnesota said about when they got beat by Nebraska in that game that Schmitty just referenced last weekend. Yeah. And, well, let's, let's look at tomorrow, too, with Rutgers where – if you look at the Ohio State game, you had Lawrence that shot well. Nobody else did. I mean, the chances of – because you basically have, what, five guys, six guys on this roster that you could say are scoring types. And the yeah. chances of all of them having a tough shooting night, like even Gary going three of 12, like yeah. that's unlikely. That's unlikely. That alone, if you get just two of your guys that are that are hitting like they should – Usually Nebraska wins and seventeen and one at home. I mean, come on, Nebraska is one of the best home teams in America. Um, tomorrow should work out pretty well. Yeah, and I think you know, I think here, here's the one thing I like, Fred, and I've said this for a long time, guys. Fred is really connected with this team, and I think Fred is doing everything possible to push this team over the finish line and get them in the NCAA tournament. And then once you get there, you have no idea what's going to happen because it's all about matchups. Um, but you know, he he was spot on. They didn't have the same kind of passion defensively that they've had during this four-game winning streak mm-hmm. when really it's been their defense that has has carried them and allowed them to be a team of five, six guys contributing on offense. So I, I think he'll get the intended result of what he said after the game. I mean, it was no, no surprise to any of us that Nebraska just didn't have the same edge they had defensively. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I think they're going to be fine tomorrow. It'll, it'll be one of those games where Rutgers will come in here and try and beat you up and – Nebraska has been able to respond better this year, don't you think, guys, to teams that try that against them than in the past? I do. They got sick of it, and they got challenged, and it goes back to their practice prep where Fred kind of beat the hell out of them after he called them soft. He called them soft soft a couple of instances, and they they responded the right way. They've not been uber consistent, but they have been – more willing to to do the little things and be a little more grittier in the paint. And they've had to because they have the talent. I mean, they're fun. They've got a whole – got a cast of characters. And this is the team you'll remember, hopefully positively, if you're a Nebraska basketball fan. But they've got all sorts of, of, uh, of, of characters here that someone steps up every, every ball game. You've got your, yeah. your old favorites. So – I don't know. Sharpie, you've you've covered NCAA tournament games when they've come to Omaha. And, you know, who's who's the draw this year? Is it going to be Kansas? Does does Ames come west? I mean, Iowa State's played great basketball. If you're if you're uh, drafting who gets to come to to Omaha here, who do you think would just uh, absolutely eat, drink and be merry (laughs) for the week for the uh, weekend? I think it's uh, death taxes, and when Omaha is hosting the first and second round, KU is coming here. Okay, and, period. Okay. Yeah, you know, and even even uh, losing like they did against BYU, and they got Baylor today. I think Kansas metrics, and I know you guys have all bashed your head about trying to figure out the metrics of college basketball seeding. 
Um, the metrics are still good. KU is probably still going to be here. I will tell you, Iowa State's got a great shot to be here. And then the other thing, watch today. So Marquette may have a chance to be here as well if they beat Creighton and they stay ahead of Creighton. Um, those would be three teams I'd look for. But it, KU and Iowa State more than likely are going to be in Omaha. And it'll be, it'll be crazy. Be That's why, you know, I, again, I, the, if Nebraska stays in the 8-9 game, they're not coming to Omaha because we, don't ha- we won't have a number one seed here. But if they fall to that 10 seed, there's still the possibility they could be opposite of a KU playing in Omaha. Oh, geez. Hmm. And yeah, the NCAA does. That'd be a they, party. They do consider sort of like lo- regional location more yes. now than they yeah. used to. They used yeah. to is just total scattershot, didn't matter at all. Yeah. Um, but in this case, if Nebraska is in that seven or that 10, they would really consider it, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah. And, 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 you know, Nebraska can play in Omaha. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's mixed when you talk to people of, man, would you want Nebraska playing that close to home? Um, you know, it'd be a CF. It'd be a, it'd be a difficult ticket to get, especially with Iowa State and KU fans here. Or would you like Nebraska to get away and go somewhere and you know play you know a neutral site game? But there is there is precedence. Like last year, Birmingham had a regional and Auburn got sent there, and Auburn ended up playing Iowa. So it felt like a Auburn home game, and Iowa was very aware of that. Hmm. That made me sad. Well, wait, wait. Hey, I tell you, if Nebraska if Nebraska somehow uh, ended up in Omaha. It'd be it'd be a circus here. It'd be an absolute yeah. circus of fans that would be here, and then Nebraska trying to get their first, you know, NCAA tournament win, and they would do it on Creighton's home court. Well, dare I say, you you look at it as well <laughs> as as it stands. We laid out the ESPN bracketology with Lenardi. He's got Nebraska currently playing in Memphis against Mississippi State in the first round. Shout out to my buddy Will. He's out in Memphis. He thinks that's great. That's but, a freaking road game. I mean, obviously, it's a road game. But Memphis is drivable. But, no, well, oh, but, is. Memphis, it's, but it's Memphis is super drivable for those in Starkville. Uh, yeah. Memphis isn't actually a bad – you get to drive through the Ozarks. You get to go through this scary place. <laughs> Ravenden, I think it's Missouri. It could be Arkansas. It's right on the border. One of the scariest places I've ever been through. It's like this sleepy town that like you see Ned Beatty or something. I mean, no, 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 no. It feels like a horror story because what they have in the middle of their town is this giant statue of a raven, and it's the creepiest statue you've ever seen. Like it's got red eyes. I can pull up a picture. You have to drive through it on your way to to Memphis, and don't recommend it. There's a big sign when you enter town that like all. Uh, all drug smugglers will be prosecuted under the highest offense of the law. Like it is very much like one of those towns that you think there's a horror story set in. But anyway, mm. I digress. You compare is Memphis barbecue overrated. I mean, uh, it's so it's okay. You know, I, I've I've been to Memphis a couple of times. Nice city. Uh, the music scene is really good. Beale, Beale Street is nice. Mm-hmm. They have uh, where the FedEx Forum is, where the Grizzlies play and Memphis Tigers play is uh, right across the street, essentially, from the minor league baseball stadium. Uh, nice little area. Uh, you know, the Liberty Bowl, they've done a lot with. Uh, it's okay. I mean, it's, uh, I, I wouldn't put it at the top of my list of regional barbecue. Okay. Mm. But you can, go see the, you can go to the uh, uh, hotel, the, uh, the hotel right there downtown in Memphis. and they, Peabody? They, yeah, the Peabody, and they parade the ducks through, like, at 4 in the afternoon. Wait, what happens there? I'm, I'm trying to. So they have these famous ducks at this hotel that swim in the little pool. Yeah. And so they have a parade of the ducks like in the afternoon. Okay. 
So for okay. everybody that wants to go to Memphis to watch Nebraska play, that's one thing to put on your list. <laughs> you can see the Ducks. You can see the Raven in Ravenden. It is Arkansas. Oh, it is in Arkansas. It is a creepy, creepy statue. All that's missing is the stars and bars behind that. Uh, you know, I mean, what, what, a, what a shot. Wait, wait, a... Back to my point, though. I, I didn't finish my point. You look at the Memphis draw where it's first round Mississippi State and then potential second round matchup with Houston, which would be fun, but a tough draw. You, uh. can, you compare that to Omaha, where if you're the 10 seed, you take on, as it stands right now, Utah State, followed up with, if you can win that one, a likely second round matchup against Iowa State. Everything about Omaha seems to be more appealing than going to Memphis. From the first no, round matchup to the location to the second round matchup, everything about Omaha, you go, that looks like a much better situation for Nebraska. Yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be Debbie Downer here. I'm just I'm still on March 2nd going to be the person that it's just something that Nebraska's in the NCAA tournament in a year in which they were preseason 12th. Yeah. And then wherever they go, that's perfectly fine. And then after yeah. that, you're kind of playing with house money of never won a game before. That'll be a storyline. I think the national people will love Tominaga and that storyline. Really good story in the Washington Post yesterday. Um you know, after once you're in, and once two weeks from tomorrow they announce your name, now it's house money for Nebraska. It's like you know what we haven't won a game, but we've had this kind of year. Let's keep it rolling and see what happens. Um, I'd love to have them in Omaha, you know, the convenience, but I also know what a CF it would be in Omaha. Well, Walter has been tossed out of four bars on Beale Street. Uh, and uh, our dear friend NASCAR Eric says those are rookie numbers. <laughs> uh, Eric Fear, uh, those are that's pretty funny. Uh, Sharpie will wind it down and want to get your take on Husker baseball. I know they got the middle finger from Mother Nature, but pretty nice work at least to come back and get it handled Thursday. Uh, that, yeah. that four run ninth for Nebraska baseball, and then to. to hold it down and get win one of the series. We'll see if they get to go today. I know there's weather still in the area. Yesterday's game was canceled uh, in this series. But College of Charleston, no joke, and good for Nebraska. Yeah, you know what? They played a good schedule. I, I tell you, it was impressive what they did in Phoenix last week, uh, especially on that Sunday getaway day where they were up 8-1, and then the next thing you know, it's 8-8, and Grand Canyon, which loved to run their mouth the entire series. You know, guy gets tossed for – flipping his bat and, um, you know, they, they find a way then to score two runs to win. I, I, they, they're finding ways to win. They're an interesting team. Like Augie Garrido would be a big fan of Nebraska baseball. They like to, they like to run the base as well. They, uh, they like to bunt. Um, they play station to station. And the other thing, man, Rob Childress is worth every cent. Now, they, they're still trying to figure some things out in the bullpen, but guys that struggled – don't usually stack bad performances like Worthley, um, Timmerman. They bounce back the next outing. And then the biggest project is Drew Christo. I think by the time Nebraska gets to Big Ten play, Drew Christo will have a spot in the weekend rotation, and that has Rob Childers written all over it. That's impressive. You know, and what's interesting about some so, some of his numbers, by the way, Christo, um, the fact that he has not – like it wasn't a dominant – strikeout performance and that's no. the, that's the guy that came to nebraska was just a power pitcher you know double digit strikeout per game kind of guy um you know he went six and two thirds only struck out two and was still pretty effective yep um so that does kind of show i think to your point gary like he's starting to understand the finer points of pitching and make it a little bit simpler learn about location a little bit more um no you make impressive 
Mark, you make a great point. I'm not sure he was a guy you were counting on. um, I think they were counting on him because if you go back to the first time they met with the media, they rolled Drew out there and he's front and center. That's and true. You're th- and yep. you're thinking, okay, here's the Friday right. night guy. Right. And then this is the accountability that if you're pitching for Rob Childress, you got to throw strikes. Okay, if you're not throwing strikes and you're walking guys and you're messing around on the mound, you're, you're not for him. So they took him out of the opening rotation on the opening weekend because he had struggled in a couple of weeks leading up to their opener. And they said, you know what? We'll let you get right out of the bullpen. Well, he did what was asked of him. And now he's gotten back-to-back starts. And, and one thing you brought up that I think is spot on, Mark, is he's understanding how to pitch. You know, he had a big boy arm at Elkhorn. Okay, he could just blow it by oh, yeah. everybody. And then he would drop a 12-6 curveball on you. And, and, and guys in Class B in Nebraska were like, whoa. Well, he tried the same thing when he got to Nebraska. And he's had to learn how to pitch. And I think that's where Rob has come into play here is, okay, we're going to get confidence back in three pitches for you. And we're going to get most – confidence in your fastball but we're going to teach you how to pitch how to pitch backwards how to approach hitters how to understand an entire count what you're supposed to do how to work with your catcher how to understand the scouting reports and I think they've they've moved him along to the point where you can rely on him now and that's really a testament to Drew but also kind of as Rob approaches his pitchers he's competitive man and he's got standards and if you don't live up to those standards you're not going to stay in a game and you're not going to stay in a rotation so look at guys as the season goes along that make that jump that you go, boy, where did he come from? Yeah. And also, guys, and I want another thing, like I, like I was just alluding to, there aren't guys that are stacking bad, to bad, bad, bad performances. Mm-hmm. You'll have a bad outing. You'll give up a big – you'll get dinged a little bit. But it seems like the next time you go out there – and it's not like they put you on a milk carton. They put mm-hmm. you right back out there, and you perform well, like a Kyle Perry last weekend. Well, and Gary, I th- what's interesting, too, is when we say, hey, Rob Childress wants you to throw strikes. Like, on its surface, to maybe somebody that doesn't follow baseball a lot, you're like, well, doesn't every pitching coach want them yeah. to throw strikes, right? But um, can we maybe get into h- how it's different just in terms of – it just feels like he- Childress wants them to be super aggressive, almost risky, where it's just like, no, 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 we are pumping strikes. Yes, that means you might get teed off on – <laughs> right. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but it's like his overall philosophy is like walks will kill you. Things like yeah. that will just absolutely kill you. You challenge the hitters every time we're not pitching around anybody. Yep. No, that's his, that's been his philosophy from the time I met him in 1998 is you're going to throw strikes and, and you are going to get hit. Not everybody has stuff that you're going to miss a lot of bats, but we would like you to miss bats. Um, but if you're going to make contact, understand You've got, you got seven guys behind you that can help you, okay? You don't have to do all the work. And so it's kind of like the pitching one-on-one that Rob teaches these guys. And some guys needed that. Some guys are a little bit further along. Um, but I also think he likes to have depth, whether it be rotation or in the bullpen. And he's not afraid to use and mix and match guys. And I think that'll bode well as you get into the heart of the season on Big Ten weekends, but also the area where Nebraska struggled last year, and that was on, on the midweek. You know, the midweek essentially kept them out of the NCAA tournament among a couple of, you know, among a couple of other things. So I think Crystal will find his way into the rotation on the Big Ten weekend. And maybe you let a guy like Caleb Clark go and be your Tuesday night guy where he can settle in there and get some confidence. And if you need him back on the weekend, you can use him later in the season. Sharpie, what's uh, the weekend look like for you before we say goodbye? 
Uh, lots of tanning. I'll probably be shirtless at some point today and tomorrow. Um, I might be helicopter- going to soak up the 75 yeah, uh, degree might, day. Might be helicoptering at uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena. You oh, know, without- really? Pause. Yeah. Pause. Yeah. Um, what? No. Lo- lo- with, hey, with, with your with your shirt, right? Yes. 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 Ah, yes. Yes. Ah, uh, <laughs> that, that was yeah, the confusion. Yeah. Uh, all about basketball, man. This is this is great. You know, the, you know, last year. Nebraska was kind of making that run, but they were 500 and they really were in no brackets. This is fun. Embrace this. This is awesome. Tomorrow's the last home game. It's the last time for Tominaga, which, you know, it seems like his career just flew by. Yeah, uh, You know, the parents will be in town. So lots of basketball this weekend. And, you know, you, you sit back and you think, all right, Nebraska, two weeks from tomorrow is going to get announced in the NCAA tournament. Since Danny Nee got fired, they've only been in the tournament one time. And this year of all years – where they were preseason 12th, and you were like, oh, no Greasel, no Walker. Uh, here comes Mass. Here comes Williams. Who are these guys? Um, what's going to happen? Man, kudos to Fred Hoiberg, who is the coach of the year in the Big Ten, that he has pushed this team towards two weeks from now getting what they everybody wants, and that's a trip to the NCAA tournament. So I hope tomorrow it will be packed in there. It will be a lot of fun. You know, It's a great home court advantage. But to finish, what, 18-1 and one at home? That's impressive. Dang. Gary, yeah. without asking you the question directly, is it okay to start talking about what a successful postseason looks like, or is that a conversation for next week once you look at what happens against no, the Rutgers? I, you know what? I think that's fair because um, I got into this debate midweek. If, if the season ended today and they said, you know what, we, we don't we, – CBS ran out of money. They can't pay anybody, so we're not going to do March Madness. Is this a successful season for Nebraska? Absolutely. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, they, they've, they've drilled some big dogs. I mean, and they don't look – they weren't fluke wins. They, 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 they no. had a massive comeback, and then they, they beat the number one – at one time, number one seed by 16. They're, and they've drilled a lot of teams. They've, they've gone from down three or five points to flipping the switch, guys, and, and yeah. win by 10, 12, 15 points against some, some nice opponents. And they've gotten in their own way. I mean, they've, they've – contributed to their road loss it's not like they've gotten housed by everybody on the road they've screwed up their road opportunity they they could have yeah. three or four more road wins i'll, I'll keep it very simple here the, the discussion wasn't successful the whole point of watching sports is having fun yeah like like <laughs> to, been to, fun. to boil it down simply did you have fun watching this husker basketball team did you have fun storming the court twice at pinnacle bank arena this year which not many teams get to do ever have two court stormings in one season did you have fun? I think Husker Nation will almost universally say, yes, I had fun watching this team. It wasn't always the best results, but week in, week out, they kept me glued to my television, and I had fun watching it. And that's about the only barometer for success that you need with this season based on how the past four have gone. Yeah, and I think I hope – hopefully this season has done one other thing. And it's tough being a Nebraska basketball fan. Man, they take you through the roller coaster. You don't really get your return on investment very many times. You can remember the exact moments when you had the most fun time where there'd be no sit Saturday or some of the games this year. I Hopefully this year with Nebraska basketball, we have eliminated the mentality of football and scheduling that every single game is just like, oh, my gosh, it's the end of the world. That's what I'm cautioning yeah. about Ohio State on Thursday night. They got mm-hmm. beat, okay? It didn't knock them out of the tournament. They got beat by a team that was playing with desperation, and Nebraska did a couple of things that, you know, they, they, weren't able to, they weren't able to win the game. But I have no fear that that's going to linger into Sunday. So hopefully people have looked at this season as a basketball season 
that it's a marathon and not in football where it's essentially a sprint. But you're right, Elijah. It's been fun this year. I mean, there's going to be a lot of memories out of this, and you, 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 you hope it just keeps rolling. And when you get to the NCAA tournament, you look at that matchup and you go, man, could this be the year with how they, this team is set up where they don't need one guy to be a star every single night? Is this the year they break through and get off that list of teams that have never won an NCAA tournament game? <laughs> Please. The only Power Five that has not. The only. Mm-hmm. We shall get, on that, get on that bandwagon, national media, just like you did with Northwestern a few years back. Hey, I, hey they'll, be, they'll be a popular team. You got mm-hmm. Fred as their coach, and, 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 and Nebraska not winning a game will be a storyline, but also Tominaga. You know, I, I don't look, I'm not all into the committee believes in storylines. Sometimes they do in matchups, but like Nebraska will be a good national story for people to cover um, to like, oh, my gosh, here comes Nebraska basketball. Guys, they were 12th in the preseason two years ago was about as 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 rock bottom as it could be. And you're like, well, Hoiberg's not going to last. He has a meeting with his A.D., has a plan that he presents and two years later, he's knocking on the door going to the NCAA tournament. It's a hell of a story. And kudos to Fred for doing that. And for Trev to have some patience and to sit down and go, okay, let's look at what we're doing wrong. And those two got on the same page, and it's going to come to fruition, I think, two weeks from tomorrow. Pretty awesome. Sharpie, have yourself a weekend, brother. We'll hope to bump into you tomorrow. Guys, be good. Always great to uh, listen to you uh, and enjoy uh, the week. Two weeks from tomorrow. All right. We'll, uh, we'll be at Sharpie's with uh, wings and beer. It'll be good. <laughs> Two weeks from tomorrow, we'll be sending you the Hail Varsity Radio Bracket Challenge. I'm going to start promoting that now. It's going to be out there for the Hail Varsity Radio fans, for Sharpie. Mm, we're going to have go. that created. And for everyone who loves Hail Varsity Radio or is involved with Hail Varsity Radio, we'll have a chance to compete in a bracket challenge playing for pride. Maybe a Hail Varsity Radio t-shirt. More information on that. I think, you, I, think we, I think we throw in, I think we throw in the mug. Show them, show them the mug. I think the mug needs to be up there. Look at these fabulous prizes. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's good. I like it's, a, it. it's a Texas Longhorn logo upside down, folks. Uh, it's been folks used as a spitter it. before. Yeah. Good. I, Smart. So it's, I a, think, it's a game used mug. Yeah. <laughs> I have also yeah. been pushing for, we've been talking about the Hail Varsity Radio mug for a while, pushing for that to become available here at some point. I don't know. I don't, I have the beer glass. I don't have the mug. Well, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna make some things. I'm a guy that can make things happen, Schmitty. I'm gonna try to make mm-hmm. this happen. I'm gonna try to make some T-shirts happen. So be on the you lookout are thrift, for that. You are thrift stored it today, aren't you? <laughs> I was actually gonna go to Kohl's probably, but no. <laughs> Have fun with that. I heard they're having a sale, by the way. They always are. Yeah, they always are. <laughs> hey, make sure Elijah you get that- walks in. I've got my special coin. I'm gonna start scratching. Hey. Make make sure you get that Kohl's cash there, Elijah. Oh, is yeah. that what's the exchange rate with Kohl's cash and Fleck coins? Does anyone yeah. know? I I got plenty of Fleck coins. I'm not sure I have any Kohl's cash. I need to hit the exchange <laughs> counter. God. <laughs> My God. Wow. <sighs> well, on on that note, everyone right. behave and be safe. You need bail money? Give us a shot. Take care. All right. Hey, enjoy. Right. Uh, if you're watching uh, state basketball today. Uh, the the finish of a hell of a four-year career for Britt Prince before yeah, he moves yes. off to Nebraska. 
Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.